Thanks for listening to Connection Church's podcast. As we begin the new year, it's easy to get distracted by the millions of things going on in our lives. But the one thing that truly matters is our relationship with Jesus Christ. Our prayer is that you can remain focused on Him this year and the years to come. Well, good morning. Welcome to Connection Church. Uh, my name is Billy Shiver. Um, I'm the discipleship pastor here at the church, and many of you probably didn't even know we had a discipleship pastor, but that's me, and I just want to kind of take an opportunity to kind of share a little bit about our discipleship here. We're very much um, a church that is focused on discipleship, and when I say discipleship, disciple meaning a student or follower um, of Jesus, meaning a student or follower of Jesus Christ, and so um, one of the things that, that we are very focused on here is teaching people how to follow Jesus, and, and, and a couple of ways we do that. Um, maybe many of you have heard about our foundations class, and if you hadn't, um, I would urge you, if you, you come to Connection and you hadn't been through the foundations class, um, whether you're a new believer or you've been walking with God um, for a number of years and you've been in the church your whole life, man, I, I can tell you this, um, you need this class and you need this, this foundations um, material. And, and what it is, is it's a four-week class that basically teaches you what it looks like to build a foundation upon Christ. And so week one is four weeks. The first week is about what does it mean to be saved? And and maybe if you grew up anything like me, a lot of people told me I needed to be saved, but nobody ever told me really what it meant. And and all I knew is it was get out of this line, going to hell, and let's go to this line, coming to heaven. And and, and the, the Bible has so much more to say about what salvation is as far as justification and sanctification and and glorification. I would love um, to, to be a part of that. And, and week two is just about how do you spend time with God? And, and maybe, you know, if you're like me, a lot of people say, you need to spend time with God. You need to spend time with God. And I left the church. I was like, I don't really know what that means. And, and, and so I went to the bookstore and bought about 63 devotionals. And, and that's what I thought it meant to, to spend time with God. And, and so um, really the Bible has a lot to say about what Christ's time looked like with his father. Um, and, and we'd love to, to get you that. And then week three is, is what does my life look like after salvation? So it's this idea of um, there's certain characteristics and there's certain works that the Holy Spirit does in you once um, you're saved and once the Holy Spirit is a permanent indwelling in your life. And, and, and one of the reasons we want to take you through this is because we want you to know so that you can be equipped to teach other people. And week four is about why do I need to be involved in the church? And, and a lot of people know they need to come to church, but they have no clue why they need to be plugged into a church, why they need to be in a small group, why they need to do all these things. And so the reason we're so pumped about this foundations class is it really gives you the why behind everything that you're doing. And, and, the, and the truth is behind it is, man, we could, you could be serving, you could be in a connect group, you can be in all those things. But if you don't know the reason and the purpose in which you're in those, you really don't, you know, it, it doesn't really even matter. And so um, one of the reasons that, that we want to do that is, is to prepare you for the next part of our discipleship, which is our connect groups. And our connect groups are just our small groups, 10 to 12 people um, who come together during the week and meet up and, and really discuss. They're all sermon-based. So what you hear on Sunday, um, we hope when you come in on Sunday and hear the teaching of the Word of God that, that the Lord convicts you and, and, and that you hear from God. And then um, what these small groups give you an opportunity to do is respond and respond in the midst of some other believers who are, are leading and pursuing the same direction as you. And, and it really falls straight into our vision here at Connection Church, which is connect unbelievers to God and believers to each other for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry. And so what that looks like is, man, if you don't know the Lord, the first thing we want to do is we want to connect you to God. 
And, and if once, once that happens, we want to get you connected with other believers and people who can encourage you and, and strengthen your faith with, with the Lord and, and walk with you through these things. And then the next thing we want to do is we want to equip you to be able to pursue Christ and to be able to follow God. And not only that, but fulfill the great commission in which God says that we need to go out and make disciples. And so the reason we're so pumped about the foundations class and, and, and these connect groups is because that enables us to do that. And, and the thing that I can tell you is if you're in this church and you just come on Sundays and Sundays, I mean, we're, we're glad to have you, but I promise you won't last that long. You need to be in the fellowship of the believers and you need to be building community amongst other people. And then the last thing we do for discipleship is serving. You may see people um, in orange shirts and blue shirts as you walk in. And we truly believe that that's a part of your discipleship. And we believe that um, Christ came not to be served, but to serve. And, and part of you growing into the image of Christ um, is that um, you become and you serve. And, and, and so this is not something that we just made up. This is, we believe is, is what Christ does. And, and I was reading in Luke um, the other day of, of, about the parable of, of the great banquet. And many of you probably heard of that, but basically what it is, is Jesus goes out and he invites um, all these people to come to a banquet and they go out and he sends his people to go out and they, they go out to all these people and invite them and invite them and, and nobody shows up. And so Jesus says, well, just go out in the streets and get whoever you can and bring them back. And, and so they go out in the streets and bring all these people back. And, and the first thing Jesus does after he brings this crowd of non-believers in is the first teaching that he does is he shares the gospel and he teaches them what it means to follow Christ. And, and really that's kind of what we, I want to talk about this morning. And, and I want to um, share it from Psalm 16. So if you have your Bible, um, you can go ahead and open up there. And, and what I want you to know is, is all throughout scriptures, you look at Jesus. Jesus did not invite people to, to come in and, and, and come to the church and sign this little card and that's what it means. Get out of this line to hell and, and get into this line to heaven. That's not what he said. When he came up to his disciples and came up to people, his invitation was to follow him. And in essence, that's what discipleship is. And that's kind of what I want to dig into this, this morning. And, and I want to start off a little different. It may seem weird, but if you'll follow with me, um, I'll get you there at the end. And so um, following Jesus has everything to do with where your joy is found. And so listen to that. So following Jesus has everything to do with where you find your joy. And, and so when I say this word joy, I don't want you to confuse joy with happiness because they're two completely different things. Happiness is, is very fragile. Happiness is very temporary. Happiness can be taken from you in an instant. Happiness is, is receiving a new toy at Christmas and then a day later breaking and then you have no more toy. So you're not happy anymore. Joy, on the other hand, is eternal. Joy is, 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 is something that our soul has longed for ever since. Jesus comes in, he says, I'm the bread of life. I'm the living water. And so what, what I mean when I say joy is when you finally find that something that your soul has been longing for, for your whole life. And I compare it to a guy walking in the desert for, for 40 years. If you could survive in the desert for 40 years without water, um, maybe Bear Grylls, but um, and so this guy's walking in the desert for 40 years and he comes over the top of this mountain and he sees a glimmer in the sun and, and what he sees is water. And for the first time in 40 years, he sees water and he runs up to it and he drinks and his, and his thirst, the thirst of his almost feels like his soul has finally been quenched. And, and so when I'm talking about joy, that's what I'm talking about. And so this kind of joy has the power to control us because this kind of joy um, is, is, Truthfully, what we believe brings us that kind of satisfaction, that kind of joy, and that kind of fulfillment. We'll chase. 
We'll chase with everything we got after it, you know, and, and we see it in our culture all the time, whether it be drugs or whether it be alcohol or whether it be success or whether it be money. We see this idea of, of pursuing this joy, whatever we feel like can satisfy us. That's what we'll spend everything we got on. And whether it be this, this new, uh, whatever, uh, workout where we can get these washboard abs and all these different things, we'll spend 60 bucks on something when the guy no doubt is doing something other than that workout on the TV. You know what I mean? And so, and, and whether it be drug, I mean, you see people, I see people all the time who are addicted to something and, and, and addicted to drugs and they continually go back and back to this thing and, and, and they, they take these drugs and, and it's like, man, it felt so good. And then they come back and it's like, well, that really doesn't feel good anymore. But there's this new thing. There's this new thing that feels really good. And then they take that and then they're like, man, it feels really good. And then they go up and take something else. And they constantly come back and they come back and come back and they're constantly chasing that next high that's going to fulfill them. And it's the same thing with, with success or money or, or even, you know, with college students dealing with them a lot, it's sex. That people chase that. The people, a lot of guys I know will come to me and they'll be like, man, if I can just, if I can just get with that girl, man, that, that'll fulfill me. And then they end up getting with that girl and then they're like, but hold on, there's this other girl. And if I can get with her, that'll fulfill me. And they constantly chase these different things. And, and whether it be success, I love to use this story. Um, who's heard of Tom Brady? Anybody heard of Tom Brady? Hopefully. All right, cool. Um, Tom Brady's a quarterback for the New England Patriots. Man, very successful. Won three or four Super Bowls, married to a supermodel wife, just had a kid, MVP of the league, rich as all get out, everything you could ask for. And, and he did an interview with 60 Minutes. And, and they come back to him and they say, Tom, man, you got everything going for you. You've won Super Bowls. You're MVP. You're married to a supermodel. You've got the house of your dreams. You've got everything you could ever want, all the money you could ever want. How, how does it feel? And his response was, there's got to be more to life than this. And, and so what I want you to see is that we all have something deep inside of us that longs for something. We all have something deep inside of us that, that we want to be quenched. And, and what I want to tell you is our belief in what that is controls what we do. And, and so when our belief is that, that money is going to satisfy us and bring us joy, guess what we go a hundred miles after money, right? Success. And, and so what I want to tell you this morning, and I want to use Psalm chapter 16 verses seven through 11, um, to talk about, and let's read that real quick and, and we'll get back into it. Um, Listen to this, Psalm chapter 16, starting in verse 7. I bless the Lord who gives me counsel. In the night also my heart instructs me. I have set the Lord always before me, because he is at my right hand. I shall not be shaken. Therefore my heart is glad, and my whole being rejoices. My flesh also dwells secure, for you will not abandon my soul to Sheol, or let your Holy One see corruption. You make known to me, listen to this, this is the verse. You make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy, and at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. And so David says, you make known to me the path of life, and in your presence there is fullness of joy. And so I want us to see two truths about this scripture, and then I want to bring it back in and make it a little more practical for y'all. And, and the first thing is, is, in your presence there is fullness of joy. So the Bible teaches that this Bible is true. Our fullness of joy is found in the presence of who? God, right? So if our fullness of joy is found in the presence of God, and it's not a coincidence that David writes right before it, you make known to me the path of life. 
And so I'm going to draw a conclusion and I'm going to draw a truth to say that we experience the presence of God most when we're walking in this path of life. Does that make sense? So our fullness of joy is found in the presence of God and we're most aware of the presence of God when we're walking in the path of life. And so if this is true, if this, if this psalm is correct, um, then, then we've just got an answer for where our joy can be found. So we've got an answer of what we should pursue, right? With everything we got. If that's where our joy, if that's where this feeling inside of us that longs for this certain thing is found, then, then this is where we need to come after. And so the only question in that is, what does this path of life look like? What is this path of life? Somebody please tell me what this path of life is. And so that's what I want to talk about this morning. And, and so if you got a pen and you, you take takeaways, I go ahead and get this out on the table. So if I blabble out everywhere, y'all know what I'm talking about. Um, the takeaway for this morning and what I want you to understand is that our fullness of joy is found in walking in the path of life. Or our fullness of joy is found in following Christ. And so um, that leads us to that question. If that's true, then we need to know what this path of life is. And, and But the thing about it is, is there's one prerequisite before we can get on this path of life. And, and that's the Bible teaches that we're dead in our trespasses and sins. And, and Ephesians 2 is very clear throughout the Bible that, that we are all dead in our trespasses and sins and we need to be made alive in Christ. And so every person in here, no matter what, I could sit up here and tell you, go through the Ten Commandments and do all these different things, but I don't, I don't need to tell you that you're sinful. Everybody knows you've, we've messed up and we've missed the standard of God. And because we've done that, we've sinned and there's a separation between us and God. And God is holy. He's perfect. His standard is perfection. We've sinned. We've missed that mark. That creates a separation between us. And, and, and the thing about it is, is there's only one way to be reconciled back to this, this father. And that's through faith in Christ and, and not, we can't come to church enough. We can't be involved in enough foundations classes. We can't be involved in enough small groups. We can't serve enough. We can't do all these things to earn our favor before God because we've already missed the mark. The only way we can do that is through faith in Christ. And, and there's a scripture that I love that says, he who knew no sin, Jesus came, lived a perfect life. He who knew no sin became sin on our behalf took on the full punishment that we deserved for our sin, the just full punishment that we, de- we deserve for our sin, so that through faith in him, by his grace and mercy, we can be reconciled back to this place where we find our joy, which is in fellowship with him, which is in walking with, this, with Jesus. And, and so that, that's the prerequisite. And, and, and the thing is, in order to follow Christ is we need a new heart. And so if you've got your Bible, um, turn with me to Ezekiel um, 36, and then we'll come right back to Psalm. Let me see if I can find this. Ezekiel, um, what is it? Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel, right? I think that's right. Don't hold me to that. Um, all right, and so turn to chapter uh, 36 of Ezekiel. I'll give you a second to turn there. If not, we've got Sky Bible up here you can look at. Um, starting in verse 25, this is what it says. And this is Ezekiel telling about this new covenant. This is before Jesus came on the scene. But when Jesus came on the scene, he's saying, this is what's going to happen. And this is what Jesus is going to do. He says, verse 25, I will sprinkle clean water on you and you shall be clean from all your uncleanness. And from all your idols, I will cleanse you. And I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you 
and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. And so if this Bible is true, the Bible teaches that we're born into sin. It's not just something we do, but it's who we are. It says that the problem is not that you're a bad person that needs to be made a better person or a good person that needs to be made a better person. The problem is you have a selfish heart, a sinful, selfish heart that desires to do the things of you. So no matter if, if, if you've not received a new heart from Christ, you can come to church and it still be about you. You can come to church and everything be about me, me, me. What can I get? How's this service rating me? What's it speaking to me? Blah, 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 all these different things. And so the problem is not we need to be made a better person or we need to do all these other things. The problem is we need a new heart that desires to, to, to pursue Christ, that desires to find our fulfillment and joy in the Lord. And, and, and that only comes through one place. Acts 2.38 says to repent, therefore, and be baptized in the name of Jesus, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And Ezekiel says, when we receive this gift of the Holy Spirit, it says it gives us new desires that cause us to walk in the statutes of Christ. And before we can walk in the path of life, that transformation has to happen. And, and, and all it takes for that transformation to happen is, is for you to repent and turn from your sin and turn towards God and say, Lord, I need your help. I need you to change me. And, and listen to me from, from this, I can tell you for three or four years of my life, I, I, I came down, I prayed this prayer. I thought, I thought I knew what it meant to be a Christian. I thought that reading the Bible, going to church, being involved in a youth group, being involved with FCA, that's what it meant to be a believer. And, and for so long I was miserable. I didn't know, like I, I wanted to be with my friends. I wanted to be with all my other friends who were doing all these other different things. But at the end of the day, it wasn't who I was. I was being somebody I wasn't. And, and I, was, I was over here where I still had these desires to do these simple things. And I was being something I wasn't. And, and I'd never come to Christ and say, Lord, I need you to change me. Because I was trying to do it all on my own. I came to a guy. He was like, here, this is what you need to do. Get involved in church. Come to small group. Get involved with FCA. Get involved with all these different things. And so I did that. But I did it and I was miserable. And I did it. Because nobody told me to come to Christ. And I don't want you to leave here today without knowing if you come to Christ, he will change you. And, and when you come to Christ, he changes your heart. And, and when he changes your heart, he gives you a desire to pursue him and to know him. And, and that's where your joy is found. And so that's what I want to finish talking about tonight. And, and, and so this, or this morning and, and this path of life, um, I, as I was thinking about it and praying about it, man, it looks different for different people. I can't sit here and tell so-and-so that this is what the path of life looks like. You need to be a preacher. You need to do this, this, and this, because that's not what it is. And, and if, if I'm a preacher and, and, and he's a banker and he's a businessman and he's a missionary and he's a, a, a roofing, co- he owns a roofing company or he does this, like the path of life is not a profession. And, 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 but there's one thing from, from me reading through the Bible, looking at Abraham, Moses, looking at Jesus, Peter, David, all these people, there's one thing these people had in common when they were on the path of life. And that one thing is that they had their eyes fixed on Christ. And so I want to beg you this morning that no matter where you're at, I know there's different types of people. There's people in here that think I'm crazy right now talking about this joy. You don't know what you're talking about. That's fine. I'll get to you in a second. But, and then there's other people who are in here that I know are like me. They've been through, man, they've just been through a year that's drained the crap out of them. And, and stuff seems like it's, it's going downhill from every direction. And you don't know how you're going to make it. You don't know. You're just tired. You don't even want to get up and read your Bible. You don't want to spend time with God. There's no joy in your relationship with God anymore. And if that's you, I want to, I want to talk to you too. 
And then I know there's people in here that are killing it for Jesus, man. I I look around here and I see faces that love Jesus more than any people I know in here. Man, they're pursuing the Lord. They're reaching people where they're at. They're going to to mission trips in Honduras. They're they're reaching out to to people who are in need and sharing the gospel. And and, and I know there's those people in here too. But here's what I want you to know is that the answer for all of those people is one thing. Because just as easy as you can be killing it for Jesus and be pursuing the Lord with everything you've got, all it takes is you glancing to the right and taking your eyes off of Christ. And then you over here who are just miserable and, 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 and just aren't experiencing joy in the Lord, it's just one thing. Just turn your eyes towards Christ. And you who don't have a clue about anything that I'm talking about and this crazy dude's talking about joy in the Lord, all you got to do is look to Jesus and ask him. And, and so that I really just want to get personal this morning. I had this whole message planned out to a T Friday and, and the Lord just put it on my heart to change it. And I just want to be personal with y'all. And I want to tell y'all what my life looks like when my eyes are fixed on Christ and what my life looks like when my eyes aren't fixed on Christ. And I hope it helps you and I hope you can learn from it. But I'm not up here to say the path of life is, is to be a preacher or to go to the mission field or to do this because I believe what the path of life is is fixing your eyes on Christ and being dependent on Him. Um, and, and I can tell you this, there's no better feeling, there's no better joy, there's no greater fulfillment and satisfaction than when you know you're pursuing the Lord with everything you've got and your eyes are fixed on Him. And I know there's people in here that can vouch for me. I know there's people in here that know that feeling, that joy, that overwhelming sense of, of this is it, this is what I was created to do. And, and, and when your eyes are fixed on Christ and you're pursuing Him, you're the only person that knows that. I can't look at you. I can't look from the outside. I can look at you coming to church and small group and all these different things. But you're the only person in your heart that knows when you're pursuing God with everything you got. And so that's what I want to challenge you to do this morning. And so um, just a couple of things when my eyes um, are fixed on Christ. Um, the first thing is, man, I'm spending time with him. I, I long to be with Jesus when my eyes are fixed on him. And, and the thing about that is, is we can't follow somebody we don't know. And, and, and the thing about it is, is I would ask you the question, how is your time with Jesus? Like, what does that look like? Are you spending time with God? Do you long to be with him? If, if this is true and our joy is found in a person and that joy is in Jesus Christ, don't you think we want to run to, I mean, that'd be like the dude in the desert looking at the water and saying, no, nah, I'm good. Like, dude, you got cotton mouth. If anybody's ever been at football practice with cotton mouth, you know how bad you're going to get that water. You know what I mean? And so that's what it would be like. Man, if our joy is found in the Lord, we need to spend time with him and, and soak this in. And, and so, I mean, John fifteen five talks about abiding in Christ. He says, I'm the vine, you're the branches. Anybody who abides in me bears much fruit. Apart from me, what? You can do nothing. And so th- that's, that's, what, that's what we're after, man. How can we... How can we be a branch if we're not connected to the vine? Jesus is the vine. We have to be connected to that joy, that life source in order um, to go out. And so um, I'd ask you, man, how's your time with God? Are you, are you reading the Bible in a year because somebody told you to do it? You know, are you sitting here reading through scripture because you got to get through six chapters of Psalms, four chapters of Proverbs and all that stuff? I say that because I've been there. I know what it's like to just sit there and read because... I want to get through something. But here's what I'd ask you, man. Are you reading to get to know the person of Jesus Christ? And when you, when you spend time with God, are you reading it like a well that you drink deep from, like the, 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 the bread of life you eat from it? Do you yearn for that? Do you, do you get to know the person of Jesus Christ 
through what you read. And, and man, I love the scripture. Jesus walks up to these Pharisees in John chapter 5. And, and he walks up to these people. And man, they know scripture. They've got everything in the world memorized. they got the whole book, 10 books of the Torah, Old Testament memorized. And they come up and Jesus walks up to them. And, and, and what he says is he says, you search the scriptures because you think that in them you find life. And they're like, yeah, dude, we know the whole Torah, man. We got that part. And he says, yet you refuse to come to me that you may find life. And he says, yeah, the scriptures are what testify about me. But you can read these scriptures and not come to the person who these scriptures are talking about. And so my question for you this morning is, are you drinking from the well? Are you drinking from the joy of your soul? Are you coming to this scripture and getting to know the person of Jesus Christ? Because if you're not, you're missing it. It don't matter if you read the Bible 63 times in a year. If you're not coming to it and reading and, and getting to know the person of Jesus Christ, you're missing it. And I would say, man, spending time with God is one in his word. Um, and the second part of spending time with him is prayer. Prayer is such a crucial thing for, for that, man. Prayer is, a, is, is, it shows that it's a relationship. Prayer is, it enables you to talk to God, but not only talk to him, it enables you to hear back and you actually listen from him, man. And, and the thing about this is, I remember the first time somebody gave me a journal. And I thought journals were a girly thing, so I was like, no, nah, we don't do that whole journal thing. And so, but I can tell you this, journals have been huge for me. And, and the reason they are is because if anybody's like me, I'm ADD, man. You put me around people and I'm, I'm just everywhere. And so, but what a journal does is it, it makes me focus on what I'm doing. And so when I get in that journal, I'm, I'm reading the word, I write down what the Lord's speaking to me, thoughts, scriptures, all these different things that... The Lord's speaking to me, and man, when I'm when I'm kicking it for the Lord, that's what I'm praying. I'm praying in my journal. I'm praying, and, and not only am I praying, I don't just pray, close the book, and leave. Think about this: if you walk up to your wife and you talk to her, and you're like, she's mad because you did something, and, and you talk to her or whatever, and and she's like, blah blah blah, you mad at this or whatever, and you just say, yeah, blah blah blah, tell her that, and then walk out of the room. She's not going to be happy, is she? That's what I do with Christ all the time, man. And I have to catch myself like that. I come to scripture. I come to his word and I write these. I'm like, Lord, help me. Lord, 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 I'm I'm not experiencing your joy right now. I'm not getting anything out of this. Help me. And what I do, close the Bible, close the journal, walk out. That's like talking to your wife and then walking out before she says anything. And and that's, that's not what it's like. And so the first thing is, man, when your eyes are fixed on Christ... Are you spending time with him? Do you long to be with him? The second thing is I walk in repentance. When my eyes are fixed on the Lord, repentance is, is close by. Because I can tell you this, the more time I spend in this book, the more I see the person of Jesus Christ and the more I see that I don't match up to him. And the more that I don't see that I match up to him, the more separation there is. The more holy he becomes, the more sinful I become. And what gets bigger, there's a cross in the middle of that that constantly gets bigger as he gets more holy and I get more sinful, what Christ did on the cross is magnified. And the more that's magnified, the more I love Christ and the more I can worship him, the more I give my life for him, the more I see he's worth it. And so, man, humility has to be in your demeanor. That's why I don't believe that if you're following Christ, there's no way for you to be proud, arrogant, puffed up, and boastful. There's absolutely no way. And, and it's something I look for when, you know, connect group leaders come to me is, the, one of the main things that I look for is, are you walking in repentance? Because I know if you're walking with the Lord and you're spending time with him, he is constantly showing you areas in your life that, man, don't match up to him. And you're humble because you know, man, 
it's only through the cross that I can be reconciled to him. I'm, I'm not, my boast is not in me. My boast is in him. And so I would ask you that is, is are you walking in repentance? And I can tell you this, the more aware you are of your own sin in your life, the more aware I am of my sin in my life, which is a lot, the more aware I am of his grace that covers it and the more thankful I am for what he'd done for me and the more liable I am to point people to him and not to me, you know. And, and so I challenge you for that too. And number three, um, when, I'm, when my eyes are fixed on Christ, I see people through the lens of the gospel. And I would say this, the way you love people is a direct reflection of your relationship with God. Because the more you're aware of your own sin, the more of you're aware of Christ's forgiveness of you, the more gracious you are with other people. And the more you look at them through the lens of the gospel and you say, and, and, and so say one of my friends comes up to me and, and man, we all have friends, I mean, that make stupid decisions. And, and man, it's going to happen. We got people, family, we make stupid decisions. And when they come up to us, man, it's easy to sit back and say, what are you doing, idiot? Why would you make that decision? Like, that's dumb. Obviously, you look at it from these things. But then you look back and, and that was you. I was the person making those stupid decisions. And so when Christ looks at me, guess what he was thinking? The same thing. Idiot, what are you doing? Why would you do this? Why would you do that? But you know what he did? His kindness drew me to repentance. And so when you're focused on Christ and when you're fixed on Christ, you're more gracious with people. And the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control, those things come out. And as you focus on Christ... You know, I say it all the time, like Jesus is like hanging out with that cool person in, 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 in high school. You remember you come in as a freshman to, to, to high school and maybe it's the quarterback of the football team or maybe it's uh, girls, maybe the cheerleader or the most popular girl um, in the thing. And you look to them and you're like, man, I need to get around them because if I get around them, I get invited to all the functions and I get everybody thinks I'm cool. And, and so I would say, man, Jesus is like that cool person because that I found myself, the more I hung out with that person that I wanted to be like, guess what? The more I became like him, the more I acted like him, the more I talked like him, the more I did all those things. Hanging out with Jesus is the same way. The more you hang out with Christ, the more you'll become like him. The more you'll see what he sees, the more you'll treat people the way he treats people. Um, and so the first thing, we spend time with him. The second thing, second thing is we walk in repentance. The third thing is we see people through the lens of the gospel. And number four is we ask the right questions. When, I, when my eyes are fixed on God, I'm asking the right questions. I don't ask questions like, um, you know, how far is too far with my, with my now fiancé sexually. I don't ask that question. Because I, I ask the question, how can I honor God in this relationship? You know, and, and, and I'm not saying that I hadn't ever asked that question because I have. But I, what I'm saying is when my eyes are fixed on God, it's more about how can I honor you in what I'm doing. And then on the other hand, it's not, Lord, how much... How much can I get by to give give to you in this um, one-on-one offering we did last week? Like, I don't. When your eyes are fixed on Christ, you don't ask, "Well, how much do I got to give?" Like, you don't do that, man, because you see, when your eyes are fixed on Christ, it's Lord. How much do you want me to give? Like, how how, how can I honor you with my finances? And you know, we constantly ask those questions, Lord. What do you want me to do? Do you want me to take this job? Do you want me to buy this house? How do you want me to treat my wife? How can I honor you in the way I treat my wife? How can I honor you in the way I treat my husband? How can I parent my kids in a way that honors you? And so when we begin to fix our eyes on the Lord, everything becomes about him. And everything we do comes back to the question of how can I honor you and what I'm doing? Because we realize our joy is found in that path of life, right? If our joy is found in that path of life, 
then we want to honor him in what we're doing. And so number five is I do what he asked me to do. And so when my eyes are fixed on God, man, when he speaks to me and I'll say this, everybody gets all freaked out when you talk about Lord speaking to you. I'll tell you this. I've never heard the voice of God audibly. I've never heard him say, Billy, go this way or go that way. Like that's, that's not just something that, that happens. I've never seen my Cheerios align in my bowl to spell out something. I've never seen a butterfly come by me and do all these different things. You hear it, man. You get in the ministry. I'm telling you, you will hear everything in the world of people coming at you and saying all this stuff. But, um, I'll tell you this, man, I, when I was graduating from, from college, um, I, I remember I, I had a bunch of different options of, of what I wanted to do. I could go work in the um, chemical field. I, could get, I was think, thinking about going to med school. I was thinking about coming to the ministry. I had all these different things that I wanted to do. And, man, I just didn't know. And so I remember calling Brandon, and I was like, Brandon, dude, I need some help. And bless Brandon. He gets these calls all the time. And, and so um, I remember coming to him, and I was like, Brandon, dude, these are the options I got, man. I, I really just don't know what I need to do. I need you to help me. Tell me what I need to do. And I'll never forget what he told me. The first thing he said is he said, are you pursuing the Lord with everything you got? And I thought, and I was like, I think. Um, and he said, okay. And he said, is there any sin in your life that God's revealed that you haven't repented of? And I said, I don't think so. And then he said, well, what is God putting on your heart? What do you feel like God's putting on your heart to do? What do you want to do? He said, that's the way you go. And he didn't tell me to, to look in the sky for stars or whatever. He said, man, are you pursuing the Lord? And is there any sin in your life that's clouding your view of what God's trying to tell you? If there's not, man, he's a good father. He's not going to lead you astray. It's not like God's up there like a a chess star looking down at a chess piece and saying, oh, if I can get him to go here, then here. Like he's not playing a game with us. Like God is a good father, man. He wants to lead you. He wants to lead you into your joy, which is following him. And so what I tell you, man, is, is do what he tells you to do and be pursuing the Lord where you can hear from him. And when you hear from him, I can tell you this, there's no better joy. There's no more satisfaction. There's no more fulfillment than hearing from God and doing what he says and watching him work in your life. And then also watching him work in the lives of those around you, you know, and, and so many times we just, we ignore him. We don't do what he tells us to do, you know? And, and, and so I challenge you to do those things. And so when your eye, when my eyes are fixed on the Lord, man, those are the, th- those are the different things that, that I do. And, and, and I know, and one of the things that I want to challenge you to do is I want to, I want you to challenge you to know, like, what does your life look like when your eyes aren't fixed on the Lord? Because for me, that's more the problem than me fixing my eyes on the Lord. Because I am, if you know me, man, I'm ADD and it carries over to every part of my life and I get distracted from every different things. And, and, and so when I get distracted, these are the things that I run to when my eyes shift off of the Lord. This is what my life looks like. One, I fill my life and time with other things. I pursue other things besides God. I'm very passionate. I'm very, um, motivated towards whatever I'm doing. I'm very likely to pursue something really hard. So if I'm not pursuing God, I'll find something else to pursue, whether it be football, whether it be a girlfriend, whether it be um, a, the Xbox game or whether it be work or whether whatever it is, whatever I'm, my eyes are fixed on at the time, I'm going after it 100%. And so I know when my eyes are off the Lord is I'm not pursuing the Lord 100%, I'm pursuing something else. And so when those things start to slip in, I know. Second thing is I run from the word. 
You know, I I don't spend time with God because I don't want to spend time with God. John chapter three talks about when you're in darkness, the last thing you want to do is come into the light. And, and a lot of y'all can relate to me. Say you go out on a Saturday night and just go out with your friends and have a little bit too much to drink and do all these things. What's the last thing you want to get up and do on Sunday morning? Come to church, right? Because you know that you've been in darkness. You've been living in darkness. The last thing you want to do is come into the light. Well, that's the thing when your eyes aren't fixed on God. The last thing you want to do is come spend time with him because you come into the light. But the cool thing about the John chapter three is he says, come into the light. I didn't come to condemn you. I came to save you come into the light so that you can see that your darkness has been did away with in Jesus Christ. And so Jesus did not come to condemn you, man. If you, you find yourself sitting in darkness right now, turn your eyes, look to him, man. He is the one who, who wants to do away with it and he wants to change you. And do those things. And the third thing is, man, I quit fighting sin. And, and we all, man, I could go through a list of different things. We all have certain things that we struggle with. And whether it be depression, whether it be identity in Christ, pornography, um, you know, gossip. I could go through a list of different things. You know what it is that you struggle with. And, and I can tell you this, when your eyes are not fixed on God, you're a lot more likely to give yourself into that. And give yourself a way into that because... it. <laughs> It's like you see the joy, but when that joy is not before you and when that relationship with God is not before you, you turn to other things. And so one of the ways that I know my eyes are turned off of Christ is I I quit fighting sin. Another way, number four, is I quit seeing people through the lens of the gospel. So when my eyes are turned off of the Lord, guess what I do? I'm a butthole, man. I treat people like, like crap and I don't see them through the lens and I'm much more likely to to, to start looking to other people who I know are worse than me. And we all do this. Think about it. It's like when our eyes are fixed off Christ, our identity is no longer in what Christ has done for us on the cross. Our identity is then done in how much good we are, how much good we can do, right? So our identity comes to how many mission trips have I been on, how much have I read the Bible, how much have I did this, this, and this. And it's like, well, let's find old Cleopatra over here who hadn't done anything. And so I look pretty good on a moral standpoint against her. But the thing is that is when I take my eyes off of the Lord, my identity is not in Christ. It becomes rooted in me. And so when that person comes to me and, and starts, you know, sharing what they're struggling with, I'm like, dude, what the crap are you doing? Why are you doing this? And I can't point them to Jesus because I'm too, I'm more, more, more worried about comparing myself to them or more worried about making myself look good by saying, dude, what are you doing? I would never do something like that. Does that make sense? Y'all, y'all catching with me right here? And, and so that's just another thing. And the number five is, man, I separate myself from accountability. And when my eyes are not on the Lord, the thing, the last thing that I want to do is I want, I want to come into somebody. I want to come talk to somebody who's going to speak truth into my life. And so, man, I challenge you to think about this, man. The guys in your connect group, girls in your connect group, People that are close to you that I know that you know are pursuing the Lord, man, meet weekly for accountability. Because I can tell you this: since we started meeting, I got a little accountability group we're meeting with every Friday morning. Um, and I can tell you this, man: it is a lot harder to fall into sin knowing that you got to come and confess it to those guys. And not that that's your main motivation. Your main motivation is to please the Lord. But I can tell you this: when you got people watching your back and getting in your face and asking you the hard questions, it's a lot harder to fall into those those different things. And so, man, if that's not happening, man, ask some of the guys in your connect group, ask some of the guys like, man, are you, are you, do you want to pursue the Lord, man? As hard as I want to pursue the Lord, 
let's get together and let's, let's, let's do this thing, man. Let's, let's talk about the things that push us away from Christ and let's maximize the things that push us toward Christ. And man, and, and so I realize there's two options here today and those are just some of the things, man, I could go through a, a novel, but I know y'all don't want to hear me speak that long of, of things, but man, I just want to challenge you. You're in one of two places today. And, and one of those is your eyes are on the Lord and you're pursuing the Lord with everything you've got. Or you're not. There's no middle ground. There's no like a, there's no middle spectrum. Either you're walking towards the Lord or you're walking away from the Lord. And what I want to tell you, man, is God's not here to condemn you. God's not saying, yeah, boy, you do it. Stay down. Like, that's not what he's doing. God, he offers forgiveness and he wants you to turn back to him. And he says, he's offering this promise in Psalm 16. He says, I make known to you the path of life. In my presence is fullness of joy. He's saying, Billy, here's your joy. Here's what you were created to do. Here's what your soul longs for. And I'm making known to you the path of life. Fix your eyes on me. Pursue me because that's where your joy is found. Quit taking your eyes off of me and put it on other things. And so as Christ makes that known, what I'm telling you is, man, all you got to do is look. All you got to do is turn your eyes towards Christ. And all you've got to do is, is, is start walking towards him. Turn your back and repent on the things that are pulling you away from him and turn towards Christ. And, and, man, I feel like that's what the Lord wanted me to share with y'all. And I want to beg you today to turn towards Christ. And I don't know where y'all are. I don't, I don't know each and every person in here. But I know you're in one of two places. And, and I can tell you this. There's no joy. There's no fulfillment. There's no peace like when you can look at your life and you know in your heart, that I'm pursuing the Lord with everything I got. And I can tell you this, if you are in Christ and you have that new heart that we talked about earlier, that's where your joy is found. And so this morning, I just want to beg you to do that. I want to beg you to turn towards Christ. And what area in your life are you not pursuing Christ? What area in your life are your eyes not fixed on the Lord? And so I know there's three types of people and I always do this because I, I truly believe it. Um, there's that person in here, man, that's like, they've never experienced that joy. They've never experienced the joy that comes with a relationship with Christ. And man, what I would encourage you to do is you need to experience it. You need to experience the joy of knowing Christ. I'm not talking about church. I'm not talking about going to a small group. I'm not talking about doing all these different things. You need to know the Lord and you need to ask him to make himself known to you. And you need to ask him, Lord, change my heart. And I can promise you all those things you're chasing after. I know this because it was me. I was chasing after all these things. What can I do so people think a lot of me? How good at sports can I be? How many girls can I be with? How many, can I, how many, all these different things that we try to do to fulfill this longing we have inside of us. I'm telling you, it doesn't fulfill you. The only thing that fulfills you is Christ in the path of life. And so if that's you today, man, I want you to just... Simply ask God to change you. Ask God to show you that he's your joy. And then if you're, if you're number two, maybe you're where I've been the past couple of months. You're just tired. You're just worn out. And every time you open your Bible, it's a struggle. I know where you're at too, man. I, I've, I've been there. And I can tell you this, it's no fun. And, and, and all you have to do is ask God, Lord, I need you to refresh me, God. I need you to bring me back to the joy of my salvation. And he does it, man. He, he wants, 
He, God is not playing a trick on you. He does not want you to not walk in the joy of the Lord. He wants you to walk with him and ask him, turn your eyes towards Christ. And person number three, man, you're walking in the joy of the Lord and your eyes light up. Somebody starts talking about Jesus and your eyes light up. You'll talk for an hour and a half about Jesus. And man, here's what I want to say. Thank you. We need people like you. And, and I can tell you this, your life ain't always going to be like that. There's going to be times when things hit you and life beats you down and you're going to need people like yourself right now to encourage you. So I'd say if you're that person who's killing it for the Lord, your eyes are fixed on God and, and, and you're walking in the joy of the Lord, man, encourage somebody, find somebody who's not walking in the joy of the Lord and say, man, this is where you need to go. Find somebody in your connect group who's walking through a hard time and, and encourage them and do those things. But man, I just want to encourage you with that this morning. I don't care where you're at and, and I don't know everybody in here, but I can tell you one thing that your joy is found in fixing your eyes on the Lord. And so let me pray for you real quick. Lord God, I do just thank you so much for, for who you are, God. I thank you that our joy is found in you, God. And I pray, um, Lord, with all this rambling that it made sense to somebody, God, that, that, that the person that's in here for the last time, who's given church its last shot, would know that the thing that they've been looking for is you. And God, you are the person that can satisfy that longing. God, if they're that person that's rambling in the desert, looking for that joy, trying to fulfill all this longing with different things that are never going to fulfill it, God, I pray that they would turn to you this morning. Um, Lord, and we thank you so much for who you are. We thank you for forgiveness. We thank you for your grace, Lord, and we thank you for filling us when we ask. In Christ's name, amen.